I picked what seems to be a successful business book. It's called Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. It's a simple parable that reveals profound truths about change. It's an amusing and enlightening story of four characters who live in a maze and look for cheese to nourish them and make them happy. Two of them are mice named Sniff and Scurry, and two are little people. They're beings of the size of mice who look and act a lot like people. Their names are Ham and Ho. Cheese is a metaphor for what you want to have in life, whether it's a good job, a loving relationship that you already have, money, a possession, good health or spiritual peace of mind. And the maze is where you look for what you want. The organization you work in, the family or the community you live in. In the story, the characters are faced with unexpected change. Eventually, one of them deals with it successfully and writes what he has learned from his experience on the maze walls. When you come to see the handwriting on the wall, you can discover for yourself how to deal with change so that you can enjoy less stress and more success however you define it in your work and in your life. This story takes less than an hour to read, but its unique insights can last for a lifetime, supposedly. So, let's dive into it. The four imaginary characters depicted in this story, the mice, Sniff and Scurry, the little people, Hem and Ho, are intended to represent the simple and the complex parts of ourselves, regardless of our age, gender, race or nationality. Sometimes, we may act like Sniff, who sniffs out change early, or Scurry, who scurries into action, or Hem, who denies and resists change as he fears it will lead to something worse. Or Ho, who learns to adapt in time when he sees changing can lead to something better. Whatever parts of us we choose to use, we all share something in common. A need to find our way in the maze and succeed in changing times. One sunny Sunday in Chicago, several former classmates who were good friends in school gathered for lunch, having attended their high school reunion the night before. They wanted to hear more about what was happening in each other's lives. After a good deal of kidding and a good meal, they settled into an interesting conversation. Angela, who had been one of the most popular people in the class, said, Life sure turned out differently than I thought it would when we were in school. A lot has changed. It certainly has, Nathan echoed. They knew he had gone into his family's business, which had operated pretty much the same and had been a part of the local community for as long as they could remember. So they were surprised when he seemed concerned. He asked, 
But have you noticed how we don't want to change when things change? Carlos said, well I guess we resist changing because we're afraid of change. Carlos, you were captain of the football team, Jessica said. I never thought I'd hear you say anything about being afraid. They all laughed as they realised that although they had gone off in different directions, from working at home to managing companies, they were experiencing similar feelings. Everyone was trying to cope with the unexpected changes that were happening to them in recent years. And most admitted that they did not know a good way to handle them. Then Michael said, I used to be afraid of change. When a big change came along in our business, we didn't know what to do. So we didn't adjust and we almost lost it. That is, he continued, until I heard a funny little story that changed everything. How so? Nathan asked. Well, the story changed the way I looked at change, from losing something to gaining something, and it showed me how to do it. After that, things quickly improved, at work and in my life. At first I was annoyed with the obvious simplicity of the story because it just sounded like something we might have been told in school. Then I realised I was really annoyed with myself for not seeing the obvious and doing what works when things change. When I realised the four characters in the story represented the various parts of myself, I decided who I wanted to act like and I changed. Later, I passed the story on to some people in our company. And they passed it on to others and soon our business did much better because most of us adapted to change and like me many people said it helped them in their personal lives however there were a few who said they got nothing out of it they either knew the lessons and were already living them or more commonly they thought they already knew everything and didn't want to learn they couldn't see why so many others were benefiting from it. When one of our senior executives was having difficulty adapting, said the story was a waste of time. Other people kidded him, saying they knew which character he was in the story, meaning the one who learned nothing new and did not change. What's the story? Angela asked. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? The group laughed. I think I like it already, Carlos said. Would you tell us the story? Maybe we can get something out of it. Sure, Michael replied. I'd be happy to, it doesn't take long. And so he began. Part 2 The Story Long ago, in a land far away, there lived four little characters who ran through a maze looking for cheese to nourish them and make them happy. Two were mice, named Sniff and Scurry, and two were little people. Beings who were as small as mice but who looked and acted a lot like people today. Their names were Ham and Haw. Due to their small size, it would be easy not to notice what the four of them were doing. But if you looked closely enough, you could discover the most amazing things. Every day, the mice and the little people spent time in the maze looking for their own special cheese. The mice, Sniff and Scurry, possessing simple brains and good instincts, searched for the hard nibbling cheese they liked 
as mice often do. The two little people, Ham and Haw, used their complex brains, filled with many beliefs and emotions to search for a very different kind of cheese with a capital C, which they believed would make them happy and successful. As different as the mice and little people were, they shared something in common. Every morning, they each put on their jogging suits and running shoes, left their little homes and raced out into the maze looking for their favourite cheese. The maze was a labyrinth of corridors and chambers, some containing delicious cheese. But there were also dark corners and blind alleys leading nowhere. It was an easy place for anyone to get lost. However, for those who found their way, the maze held secrets that let them enjoy a better life. The mice, Sniff and Scurry, used the simple trial and error method of finding cheese. They ran down one corridor and, if it proved empty, they turned and ran down another. They remembered the corridors that held no cheese and quickly went into new areas. Sniff would smell out the general direction of the cheese using his great nose, and Scurry would race ahead. They got lost, as you might expect, went off in the wrong direction and often bumped into walls. But after a while, they found their way. Like the mice, the two little people, Ham and Haw, also used their ability to think and learn from their past experiences. However, they relied on their complex brains to develop more sophisticated methods of finding cheese. Sometimes they did well, but at other times their powerful human beliefs and emotions took over and clouded the way they looked at things. It made life in the maze more complicated and challenging. Nonetheless, Sniff, Scurry, Hem and Hall all discovered in their own way what they were looking for. They each found their own kind of cheese one day at the end of one of the corridors in Cheese Station C. Every morning after that, the mice and little people dressed in their running gear and headed over to Cheese Station C. It was long before they each established their own routine. Sniff and Scurry continued to wake early every day and race through the maze, always following the same routine. When they arrived at their destination, the mice took off their running shoes, tied them together and hung them around their necks so they could get to them quickly whenever they needed them again. Then they enjoyed the cheese. In the beginning, Hem and Haw also raced toward Cheese Station C every morning to enjoy the tasty new morsels that awaited them. But after a while, a different routine set in for the little people. Hem and Haw awake each day a little later, dressed a little slower, and walk to Cheese Station C. After all, they knew where the cheese was now and how to get there. They had no idea where the cheese came from or who put it there, they just assumed it would be there. So as soon as Hem and Haw arrived at Cheese Station C each morning, they settled in and made themselves at home. 
they hung up their jogging suits, put away their running shoes and put on their slippers. They were becoming very comfortable now that they had found the cheese. This is great, Ham said. There's enough cheese here to last us forever. The little people felt happy and successful and thought they were now secure. It wasn't long before Ham and Hori guarded the cheese they found at the cheese agency as their cheese. It was such a large store of cheese that they eventually moved their homes to be closer to it and built a social life around it. To make themselves feel more at home, Ham and Hall decorated the walls with sayings and even drew pictures of cheese around them which made them smile. One read, Having cheese makes you happy. Sometimes, Ham and Hall would take their friends by to see their pile of cheese at Cheese Station C and point to it with pride, saying, Pretty nice cheese, hey? Sometimes they shared it with their friends and sometimes they didn't. We deserve this cheese, Ham said. We certainly had to work hard and long enough to find it. He picked up a nice fresh piece and ate it. Afterwards, Ham fell asleep, as he often did. Every night, the little people would waddle home, full of cheese, and every morning they would confidently return for more. This went on for quite some time. After a while, Hem and Hall's confidence grew into the arrogance of success. Soon they became so comfortable they didn't even notice that was happening. As time went on, Sniff and Scurry continued their routine. They arrived early each morning and sniffed and scratched and scurried around Cheese Station C, expecting and inspecting the area to see if there had been any changes from the day before. Then they would sit down to nibble on the cheese. One morning they arrived at Cheese Station C and discovered there was no cheese. They weren't surprised, since Sniff and Scurry had noticed the supplies of cheese had been getting smaller every day. They were prepared for it and knew instinctively what to do. They looked at each other, removed the running shoes they had tied together and hung conveniently around their necks, put them on their feet and laced them up. The mice did not overanalyze things. To the mice, the problem and the answer were both simple. The situation at Cheese Station C had changed. So Sniff and Scurry decided to change. They both looked out into the maze. Then Sniff lifted his nose, sniffed and nodded to Scurry, who took off running through the maze, while Sniff followed as fast as he could. They were quickly off in search of new cheese. Later that same day, Hem and Ho arrived at Cheese Station C. They had not been paying attention to the small changes that had been taking place each day, so they took it for granted their cheese would be there. They were unprepared for what they found. No cheese! Ham yelled. He continued yelling. No cheese! As though if he shouted loud enough, someone would put it back. Who moved my cheese? He hollered. Finally, he put his hands on his hips. His face turned red, and he screamed at the top of his voice. It's not fair! 
Paul just shook his head in disbelief. He too had counted on finding cheese at Cheese Station C. He stood there for a long time, frozen with shock. He was not ready for this. Hem was yelling something, but Hall didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to deal with what was facing him, so he just turned everything off. The little people's behaviour was not very attractive or productive, but it was understandable. Finding cheese was not easy, and it meant a great deal more to the little people than just having enough of it to eat every day. Finding cheese was the little people's way of getting what they thought they needed to be happy. They had their own ideas of what cheese meant to them, depending on their taste. For some, finding cheese was having material things. For others, it was enjoying good health or developing a spiritual sense of well-being. For whole, cheese just meant feeling safe, having a loving family someday and living in a cozy cottage on Shedar Lane. To him, cheese was becoming a big cheese, in charge of others and owning a big house atop Camembert Hill. Because cheese was important to them, the two little people spent a long time trying to decide what to do. All they could think of was to keep looking around Cheeseless Station C to see if the cheese was really gone. While Sniff and Scurry had quickly moved on, Hem and Hall continued to hem and haw. They ranted and raved at the injustice of it all. Hall started to get depressed. What would happen if the cheese wasn't there tomorrow? He had made future plans based on this cheese. The little people couldn't believe it. How could this have happened? No one had warned them. It wasn't right. It was not the way things were supposed to be. Hem and Hall went home that night hungry and discouraged. But before they left, Hall wrote on the wall, The more important your cheese is to you, the more you want to hold into it. The next day, Hem and Hall left their homes and returned to Cheese Station C again, where they still expected somehow to find their cheese. The situation hadn't changed, the cheese was no longer there. The little people did not know what to do. Hem and Hall just stood there, immobilised like two status. Hall shut his eyes as tight as he could and put his hands over his ears. He just wanted to block everything out. He didn't want to know the cheese supplies had gradually been getting smaller. He believed it had been moved all of a sudden. Ham analysed the situation over and over and eventually his complicated brain with its huge belief system took hold. Why did they do this to me? he demanded. What's really going on here? Finally. Hall opened his eyes, looked around and said, By the way, where are Sniff and Scurry? Do you think they know something we don't? Hall scoffed. What would they know? Ham continued, They're just mice. They just respond to what happens. We're little people. We're smarter than mice. We should be able to figure this out. I know we're smarter, Hall said, but we don't seem to be acting smarter at the moment. Things are changing around here, Ham. Maybe we need to change and do things differently. Why should we change? 
Ham asked. We're little people, we're special. This sort of thing should not happen to us. Or if it does, we should at least get some benefits. Why would we get benefits? Ho asked. Because we're entitled, Ham claimed. Entitled to what? Ho wanted to know. We're entitled to our cheese. Why? Ho asked. Because we didn't cause this problem, Ham said. Somebody else did this and we should get something out of it. Ho suggested. Maybe we should simply stop analysing the situation so much and go find some new cheese. Oh no, Ham argued. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. While Ham and Ho were still trying to decide what to do, Sniff and Scurry were already well on their way. They went farther into the maze, up and down corridors, looking for cheese in every station of cheese they could find. They didn't think of anything else but finding new cheese. They didn't find any for some time until they finally went into an area of the maze where they had never been before. Cheese Station N. They squealed with delight. They found what they had been looking for, a great supply of new cheese. They could hardly believe their eyes. It was the biggest store of cheese the mice had ever seen. In the meantime, Ham and Ho were still back in Cheese Station C, evaluating their situation. They were now suffering from the effects of having no cheese. They were becoming frustrated and angry and were blaming each other for the situation they were in. Now and then Ho thought about his mice friends, Sniff and Scurry, and wondered if they had found any cheese yet. He believed they might be having a hard time as running through the maze usually involved, involved some uncertainty. But he also knew they was likely to only last for a while. Sometimes, Ho would imagine Sniff and Scary finding new cheese and enjoying it. He thought about how good it would be for him to be out of an adventure in the maze and to find fresh new cheese. He could almost taste it. The more clearly Ho saw the image of himself finding a new cheese, the more he saw himself leaving Cheese Station C. Let's go, he claimed, all of a sudden. No, Ham quickly responded, I like it here. It's comfortable, it's what I know, besides it's dangerous out there. No, it's not, Ho argued. We've run through many parts of the maze before and we can do it again. I'm getting too old for that, Ham said. And I'm afraid I'm not interested in getting lost and making a fool of myself, are you? With that, Ho's fear of failing returned and his hope of finding new cheese faded. So every day, the little people continued to do what they had done before. They went to Cheese Station C, found no cheese, returned home, carrying their worries and frustrations with them. They tried to deny what was happening, but found it harder to get to sleep, had less energy the next day and were becoming irritable. Their homes were not the nurturing places they once were. The little people had difficulty sleeping and were having nightmares about not finding any cheese. But Hem and Ho still returned to the cheese station C and waited there every day. Hem said, you know if we just work harder, we'll find that nothing has really changed that much. 
the cheese is probably nearby, maybe they just hid it behind the wall. The next day, Hem and Ho returned with tools. Hem held the chisel, while Ho banged on the hammer until they made a hole in the wall of the cheese station's view. They peered inside but found no cheese. They were disappointed but believed they could solve the problem. So they started earlier, stayed longer and worked harder. But after a while, all they had was a large hole in the wall. Ho was beginning to realize the difference between activity and productivity. Maybe, Ham said, we should just sit here and see what happens. Sooner or later, they have to put the cheese back. Ho wanted to believe that. So each day he went home to rest and returned, reluctantly with Ham to Cheese Station C. But cheese never reappeared. By now the little people were growing weak from hunger and stress. Ho was getting tired of just waiting for this situation to improve. He began to see that the longer they stayed in their cheeseless situation, the worse off they could be. Ho knew they were losing their edge. Finally, one day, Ho began laughing at himself. Ho, look at us. We keep doing the same things over and over again and wonder why things didn't get better. If this wasn't so ridiculous, it would be even funnier. Ho did not like the idea of having to run through the maze again, because he knew he would get lost and have no idea where he would find any cheese. But he had to laugh at his folly when he saw what his fear was doing to him. He asked him, Why did we put our running shoes again? It took a long time to them to find because they had put everything away when they found their cheese at Cheese Station C, thinking they wouldn't be needing them anymore. As Hem saw his friend getting into his running gear, he said, You're not really going out in the maze, right? Are you? Why don't you just wait here with me until they put the cheese back? Because you just don't get it, Hem said. I didn't want to see it either, but now I realize they're never gonna put it. It's time to find new cheese. Hem argued. But what if there is no cheese out there? Or even if there is, what if you don't find it? I don't know, Ho said. He had asked himself those same questions too many times and felt the fears again that kept him where he was. He asked himself, where am I more likely to find cheese? here or in the maze. He painted a picture in his mind. He saw himself venturing out into the maze with a smile on his face. While this picture surprised him, it made him feel good. He saw himself getting lost now and then in the maze, but felt confident he would eventually find new cheese out there and all the good things that came with it. He gathered his courage. Then he used his imagination to paint the most believable picture he could with the most realistic details of him finding and enjoying the new taste of cheese. He saw himself eating Swiss cheese with holes in it, bright orange cheddar and American cheeses, Italian mozzarella and wonderfully soft camembert cheese. Then he heard him say something and realized there was still a cheese taste in she. Ho said, 
Sometimes, Han, things change and they are never the same again. This looks like one of those times. That's life. Life moves on and so should we. Paul looked at his emaciated companion and tried to talk sense to him. But Hem's fear had turned into anger and he would listen. Paul didn't mean to be rude to his friend but he had to laugh at how silly they both looked. As Hall prepared to leave, he started to feel more alive, knowing that he was finally able to laugh at himself, let go and move on. Hall laughed and announced, It's May's time. Ham didn't laugh and he didn't respond. Hall then picked up a small, sharp rock and wrote a serious thought on the wall for Ham to think about. As was his custom, Paul even drew a picture of cheese around it, hoping it would help Hems to smile, lighten up, and go after the new cheese. But Ham didn't want to see it. It read, If you do not change, you can become extinct. Then Hall stuck his head out and peered anxiously into the maze. He thought about how he'd gotten himself into this cheeseless situation. He had beliefs that there may not be any cheese in the maze, or he may not find it. Such fearful beliefs were immobilizing and killing him. Hall smiled. He knew Hem was wondering, who moved my cheese? But Hall was wondering, why didn't I get up and move with the cheese sooner? As he started out into the maze, Hall looked back to where he had come from and felt its comfort. He could feel himself being drawn back into familiar territory, even though he hadn't found cheese here for some time. Hall became more anxious and wondered if he really wanted to go out into the maze. He wrote a saying on the wall ahead of him and stared at it for some time. What would you do if you weren't afraid? He thought about it. He knew sometimes some fear can be good. When you're afraid things are going to get worse if you don't do something, it can prompt you into action. But it's no good when you're so afraid that it keeps you from doing anything. He looked to his right, to the part of the maze where he had never been, and felt the fear. Then he took a deep breath, turned right into the maze and jogged slowly into the unknown. As he tried to find his way, Hall worried at first that he might have waited too long in Cheese Station C. He hadn't had any cheese for so long that he was now weak. It took him longer and it was more painful than usual to get through the maze. He decided that if he ever got the chance again, he would get out of his comfort zone and adapt to change sooner. It would make things easier. Then he smiled a weak smile as he thought, better late than never. During the next several days, Hall found a little cheese here and there, but nothing that lasted very long. He had hoped to find enough cheese to take some back to him and encourage him to come out into the maze. But Hall didn't feel confident enough yet. He had to admit he found it confusing in the maze. Things seemed to have changed since the last time he was out here. 
Just when he thought he was getting ahead, he would get lost into the corridors. It seemed his progress was two steps forward and one step backward. It was a challenge, but he had to admit that being back in the maze, hunting for cheese wasn't nearly as bad as he feared it might be. As time went on, he began to wonder if it was realistic for him to expect to find new cheese. He wondered if he had bitten more than he could chew. Then he laughed, realizing that he had nothing to chew on at that moment. Whenever he started to get discouraged, he reminded himself that what he was doing, as uncomfortable as it was at the moment, was in reality much better than staying in a cheeseless situation. He was taking control rather than simply letting things happen to him. Then he reminded himself, if Sniff and Scurry could move on, so could he. Later, as Hall looked back on things, he realized that the cheese as cheese station C had not just disappeared overnight. The amount of cheese that had been there toward the end had been getting smaller and what was left had grown old, it didn't taste as good. He had to admit however that if he had wanted to, he probably could have seen what was coming, but he didn't. Horner realized that the change probably would not have taken him by surprise if he had been watching what was happening all along, and if he had anticipated change. Maybe that's what Sniff and Scurry had been doing. He decided he would stay more alert from now on. He would expect change to happen and look for it. He would trust his basic instincts to sense when change was going to occur and be ready to adapt to it. He stopped for a rest and wrote on the wall of the maze. Smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old. Sometime later, after not finding cheese for what seemed like a long time, who finally came across a huge cheese station, which looked promising. When he went inside, however, he was most disappointed to discover that the cheese station was empty. This empty feeling has happened to me too often, he thought. He felt like giving up, or was losing his physical strength. He knew he was lost and was afraid he would not survive. He thought about turning around and heading back to Cheese Station C. At least if he made it back and him was still there, who wouldn't be alone? Then he asked himself the same question again. What would I do if I weren't afraid? Paul thought he was past his fear, but he was afraid more often than he liked to admit, even to himself. He wasn't always sure what he was afraid of, but in his weakened condition, he knew now he was simply fearful of going on alone. He didn't know it, but he was running behind because he was still weighed down by fearful beliefs. Paul wondered if Hem had moved on or if he was still paralyzed by his own fears. Then he remembered the times when he had felt his best in the maze. It was when he was moving along. He wrote on the wall, knowing it was much a reminder to himself as it was marking to his friend Ham, hopefully. Movement in a new direction helps you find new cheese.
all looked down the dark passageway and was aware of his fear. What lay ahead? Was it empty? Or worse? Were there dangers lurking? He began to imagine all kinds of frightening things that could happen to him. He was scaring himself to death. Then he laughed at himself. He realized his fears were making things worse. So he did what he could do if he weren't afraid. He moved in a new direction. As he started running down the dark corridor, he began to smile. He didn't realize it yet that he was discovering what nourished his soul. He was letting go and trusting what lay ahead of him, even though he did not exactly know what it was. To his surprise, he started to enjoy himself more and more. Why do I feel so good? He wondered. I don't have any cheese and I don't know where I'm going. Before long, he knew why he felt good. He stopped to write again on the wall. When you stop being afraid, you feel good. He realized he had been held captive by his own fear. Moving in a new direction had freed him. Now he felt the cool breeze that was blowing in this part of the maze and it was refreshing. He took in some deep breaths and felt invigorated by the movement. Once he had gotten past his fear, it turned out to be more enjoyable than he once believed it could be. Ho didn't feel this way for a long time. He had almost forgotten how much fun it was to go for it. To make things even better, he started to paint a picture in his mind again. He saw himself in great realistic detail, sitting in the middle of a pile of all his favorite cheese, from cheddar to brie. He saw himself eating the many cheeses he liked, and he enjoyed what he saw. Then he imagined how much he would enjoy all their great tastes. The more clearly he saw the image of himself enjoying new cheese, the more real and believable it became. He could sense that he was going to find it. He wrote, imagining yourself enjoying your new cheese leads you to it. He kept thinking about what he could gain instead of what he was losing. He wondered why he had always thought that a change would lead to something worse. Now he realized that change could lead to something better. Why didn't I see this before? He asked himself.